Welcome to the Oxford Business Podcast of the Oxford Business Community Network. Thank you so much to Story94 for welcoming us to their wonderful podcast studio in Oxfordshire. If you haven't been, I definitely recommend checking it out. Today, I'm really delighted to be joined by Jamie Knight of Fidelity Energy. Welcome, Jamie. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me, Ben. So thanks so much for joining us. So let's just start by who are Fidelity Energy? So we're an energy broker based down in Newbury. We work with 27 energy suppliers working with various size companies all the way down from sort of small corner shops up to big national retailers and stadiums and yeah essentially we're a brokering service primarily but then we help with all things energy essentially and just trying to trying to get our name out there at the moment and help as many businesses as possible amazing it's been widely reported mainly on the residential side what's happening in the energy sector so i think a great thing to share to start with with those listening um, at home is what is happening in the commercial energy sector so the commercial energy sector is very different to the domestic uh, sector it's very reactive on a daily basis actually it's quite flat at the moment um, we saw a dip down in june um, as we've seen sort of the rest of the year but it bottomed out in june and the market at the moment is slowly creeping up nothing massive or to be greatly concerned about but as we head into the winter we believe that that's going to get progressively worse as we start to run out of storage on the national grid and lng supply into the UK really so it's really just being aware of your position in the market where your business sits and make sure you you have a plan essentially which is really important at the moment. Absolutely and are you finding that businesses are quite on top of their energy or do you find that often there's lack of awareness or it's a bill that is going up that's kind of forgotten I guess? Um, It's a mixture to be honest so you've got some companies are really on it they're very much at the forefront and they're keeping their finger on the pulse and you've got other companies who tend to sort of bury their head in the sand and almost sort of wishing it'll it'll go away it's not going to go away this is the reality certainly for the next few years so it's again being aware of what your position is in the market how long you got left on your contract Mm. and trying to have a plan essentially regarding that of course and just in terms of the energy sector why did prices so suddenly shoot up so there's a couple of things really one obviously the main elephant in the room is russia's invasion of the ukraine Mm. Um, so that caused a massive uh, disruption to the market obviously they were supplying a lot of gas into europe so that's dropped off quite significantly at the moment and then there's been other factors regarding that over the course of the last 12 months it's kind of the perfect storm Mm. as you will we've had the least windiest uh, years on record in terms of wind production in the UK so that's not helped again I mentioned the LNG storage coming into the UK at the moment which is a massive concern and then there's been other factors so last year we had a uh, there was a big fire in a LNG plant in Texas which again they were planned for so they were supplying a lot of LNG into Europe as well that went offline for about three four months Mm. Um, so there's all these perfect storm that's come about regarding that there's a few other factors but Mm. they're the sort of the main ones that have driven up the market all these companies that were relying on Russia essentially for Mm. for their supplies have now had to find alternatives and we're all um, bidding for the same piece of the pie as it were of course, of course. One of the things um, throughout the episodes of this podcast that um, that we've really realised is that we shouldn't presume that everybody knows what we know. Um, so one of the things, one of the questions that seems like a silly question, but I am going to ask you, what is an energy broker and, and what is the process of what you do? So what we do essentially in terms of gas electric 
we will get the bills from a company and we'll analyze it for them. So mm-hmm. what we'll do is we'll get the bills, we'll look at what they're paying at the moment, how long they've got left on their contract, and then we'll see if switching them to a different provider um, at the correct point in time is the best thing to do mm-hmm. uh, and or advise them when is the best time to do that and giving them Mm. the correct advice we work with 27 suppliers i don't know if you've ever tried to ring your your supplier at the moment they're an absolute (laughs) nightmare long wait yeah (laughs) whereas we have connections into all these companies so yeah if you've got a problem or you, you need information we've got ins into those companies that are really quick and we can gather that information very fast so obviously we manage a lot of spend so we've just passed uh, 500 million pounds worth of energy that's under management with us so that allows us to buy at a better rate than than you can as a company as well Mm because we've got that behind us so uh, and a lot of big companies trust us with with all their Mm -hmm. energy needs which is really nice and, and we're trying to build upon that at the moment yeah Absolutely, absolutely. And and just in terms of, I guess, motivators behind energy, of course, price, I imagine, with how energy is grown, it is a massive factor. But are there other factors? Like, is green energy a factor? Like, when you're speaking to clients, what tend to be the, I guess, the pain points, but also the motivators? So the pain points at the moment to everyone at the moment is price, purely okay. price. Um, we've still got companies that love to want to look at green. Absolutely mm. fine. We can look at those solutions for them. What we're trying to do at the moment is everyone's trying to save money, mm. Everyone's trying to protect their business. So we're looking at different ways of doing that. So just recently, we've been um, doing a a product called voltage optimization, for example. So essentially what that is, is we'll look at the building and look at the outlets of what you're you're getting. So you should be able to get 220 volts as normal. We'll find with most companies, they're probably getting 240, 260. Mm. Um, So we can come in, look at that, put a report together and then essentially put a device on the meter to to regulate that extra energy spend. We always say the most uh, expensive kilowatt is the one you're not paying for. And it's amazing, yeah. you know, some examples of that. So we just done a looks after a hotel actually in Reading and they we saved them £11,000 on their bill per year and that the return of investment of three and a half years um, wow. because of the price of energy at the moment. And, you know, there's a lot of good things regarding that as well, because mm. with that voltage, over voltage that's going into, you know, your equipment and things that are in the mm. building, it helps it last longer as well. So it's mm. a, a really good return on investment. So, um, and, and obviously solar's always been there, but that's mm. an even bigger factor at the moment. And we do mm. all those solutions as well. So it's about yeah. thinking outside the box, supporting those companies, mm. giving them other options. And uh, again, trying to get them to survive into the future, essentially, at the moment. No, absolutely. And and just to make sure I understand properly in terms of this over-voltage piece, is that literally that your device needs less volts than is coming out of the plug, which in essence will eventually break your laptop or your fridge or whatever, and you're equally paying more than you need? Is, is that fair to say? Yeah, essentially... Obviously, there's a, there's a bit more to it than that, but essentially, uh, especially in older buildings, mm. so you think of, I don't know if you stayed in a hotel, for example, and it's been, you know, yeah. we live in the UK, there's a lot of old of buildings here. Yeah. They get mains tested and obviously pat tested, which is, again, regulatory, that's fine, but it's not going to be dangerous as such. Mm. But yeah, it's just going to help the longevity of, of what's there at the moment. So mm. um, you don't need all that extra extra usage and stuff, mm. especially in a bigger building like a hotel, school, something, you know, like that, even a manufacturer, that mm. those things are really important. There's easy money to be saved Absolutely. Um, on those older buildings. So 
again, you don't know what your position is until you you get it looked at. There might you might be all up to date. It might be absolutely perfect, fantastic. You've lost nothing. If there is a big deficit there, then there's a potential for you to save loads of money. And what and why wouldn't you? Exactly, exactly. One of the other things you touched on is solar, and I think solar's always been a bit, a bit of a buzzword, hasn't it? Hasn't yep. it? And what what are you seeing in the market with solar at the moment? Are businesses getting a good benefit from having solar panels installed, and why should they have a conversation about solar? So I think that's that's a really good point, actually. It's worth exploring depending upon the size of your business. Mm. It's not right for everyone in terms of the size of the business or how much square footage you have. Also, some buildings can't take solar panels. It's what you think just because you've got a roof, you can put solar panels on. It's not always as simple as that. Mm. Adds a lot of extra weight to the to the structure of the building. Mm. Um, also, you've got to think of when that weight's up there and when it snows, that adds even more weight. So yeah. you've got all these factors to take into place uh, in regarding that. But on the flip side of that, if you've got a bigger building at the moment, the the old return on investment on solar, for example, when, when energy was kind of back at its norm, would probably be 15 years for you to get mm. your money back. So it was a long-term investment. Mm. Um, the average return on investment is probably around about three years, four years, wow. because the energy has gone up so much. So, mm. And there's different options with, with solar as well. So you can sell obviously back to the grid if you want to. You can get extra storage to keep your own storage of batteries. Um, so there's various, various different options. Mm. So it's definitely worth exploring for for a lot of companies, and you've you've got again you've got nothing to lose until you know what your situation is with yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and what do you see as being the future of the energy market? That's always a rubbish question, Ooh. isn't it? But like, if you were to say, do you know what? Um, in three years or five years' time, I think the sector will be like this. What? Yeah. What? What do you see with the crystal ball? That's a really good question and really difficult question. I think what. I would like to see happen is we need to be more reliant on our own uh, regeneration in the UK. Of I course. Think. And I think w what's happened over the recent years has really given the government something to think about, mm. um, that we were reliant on so many other factors, other countries for our energy, and we need to be able to um, sort of look at that more sustainably ourselves. I think what we're seeing at the moment is the, is the norm for the next few years. Mm. I think we need to increase storage on the national grid. I think that's mm. very important because we have one of the lowest storage capacities in Europe. Wow. Um, which is just frightening. So I uh, read an interesting statistic the other day and it was if we got no energy, I think we could survive four days as, wow. a, as an entire nation. So that's quite a scary thought, actually. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, again, hopefully it never never comes to that. Um, but yeah, it's just all these things we, we need to think of. I think the thing in the future, and again, this is the quite distant future, will be sort of nuclear energy mm. um, as being a major factor regarding that. And again, I can't remember exactly what it's called. I think it's nuclear fusion or I don't know if you saw in the news probably about six months ago. Mm. They, they've basically in America, they've made this uh, nuclear fusion uh, reaction device and it's now giving out more um, atoms out than they're putting in or more energy out than, than they're putting in so that's Brilliant. very very early stages mm. again forgive me because I don't know the exact wording because I'm not a nuclear physicist or anything like that <laughs> but um, yeah there's again there's interesting things into the future but again mm. they're away uh, far away at the moment but I think that 
as that progresses, that'll be very, very, um, very good. So, yeah, of we'll course. see. And the other, I think, hot topic at the moment uh, within the energy sector is electric cars. Um, yeah. Businesses are constantly putting charging points outside their buildings. And and actually, I think for businesses, it absolutely makes commercial sense to have an electric fleet, doesn't it? Yeah. From an energy point of view, what should businesses be considering when moving their fleet to electric? And what should they be considering when installing electric charging points in terms of the energy that it's using? Yeah, so you want someone to come in and do a proper analysis of the building um, how many charging points you're putting in what energy that's going to increase by so you can make sure that the contract that you've got in place is, mm. is obviously adequate for that as well because it might need to be reassessed mm. um, due to the increased usage of course depending on how many you're going to put in yeah and it's just looking to the future i mean it's really interesting when we're, we're again with electric cars i've not Again, I'm no electric car expert, don't get me wrong, and that'll be probably another someone else to come in and talk about this. But again, I'm not sure if that's completely sustainable into the future. There's a lot of um, hot topics around electric cars, isn't mm. there? As I'm sure you're aware, how to dispose of lithium and yeah. the cobalt mining and, and stuff like that. So, so yeah, that's a very interesting subject. But I think companies, in terms of installing, just really need to, yeah, just look at what the, what they're using, the increased usage. We've mm. done it in our building at work. Right. Right. Um, so we have four solar points, we have four electric vehicles. Um, we saw the usage go up, but you know we're an electric broker, obviously, and we want to be seen to be sort of helping the environment and, and moving in the right direction. So, of course. And I think that's the way everyone's going to be forced to go um, yeah. over the next years. And I know they're putting all these admission zones in all over the place, so I'm sure you've seen that in Oxford. Yeah, no, certainly. Um, without turning this into a political podcast, I, I think if the government decide that we should have electric cars, they'll make, they make us have electric cars, <laughs> won't they? But, yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, interesting. I just want to go back to this hot topic, which is price, because I think it's really fair to say that, as you touched on earlier in this podcast, was that the pain point is is cost. And, and I think particularly when Ukraine and, uh, and Russia started to happen, we were seeing on the news, businesses were going bankrupt, businesses were were, were closing. Definitely. So I, I think let's just start with the glum part in terms of can you give an insight to those listeners of what was happening at that point? Were you regularly seeing businesses go under as oh, a result of 100%. Energy? Yeah, we were seeing businesses close on a daily basis. Mm. The main sector that we felt were really, really harsh was the hospitality sector. Mm. So, for example, hotels, pubs, um, they had quite a raw deal in lockdown. They weren't trading for a lot of the time. Their credit profile dropped course and then when we've come out of lockdown then we've gone into the energy crisis mm. they're unable to secure decent contracts because their credit's so poor cool so that was kind of a yeah a bit of a, an unpleasant situation for those guys in terms of looking at that and again a lot of customers relying and coming to us and we were putting them with specialist companies mm. to be able to help them regarding that and some people were getting to us too late and mm -hmm. Yeah, they were just so far sort of in debt that they were unable to switch. Mm. So, I mean, luckily the market has dropped down since last year. So I think we were seeing prices of just over a pound a kilowatt at some points with some suppliers. Um, the average price at the moment is somewhere around 30 pence, okay. depending upon where you are. But if you're, you signed in before 
um, the crisis, you were probably on about 12 to 14 pence. So yeah. you're still going to see a double the price on your yeah. existing existing bill. And when you present that to customers, they're kind of, the reality kicks in and they're mm. think, oh, actually, I think I might wait until it comes down. It's mm. No, it's not going to come down. This is the norm for the next few years, yeah. um, certainly. But hey, none of us have a crystal ball, do we? All we can do is take the data that we've got and mm. what all the analysts are saying at all these um, energy companies and advise accordingly. So. Mm, no, of course. I don't want to scare people. I don't. But I think something that, you know, you and I have had lots of conversations and networking events on, yeah. on some of the people you've helped. And I think it would be good just to be, just to share reality. So if you are a business, let's give worst case scenario and you bury your head in the sand. So yeah. you don't look at your bill. You, you're you unlucky because you're with the worst provider. Yeah. How much could you be spending on energy? And if you come and speak to an expert like yourself, yeah. how cheap could energy be? I'm just oh, I'm, I'm quite keen to share it's that. It's unbelievable. So I'm helping a company at the moment in London. They're currently paying 70 pence per kilowatt and they're on out of contract rates. Wow. And they're still on an R in what to do. Mm. Uh, and again, all I can do is give them the information. So at the moment, I sent them a proposal the other day and I could save them. I uh, will get them one. I think it was about 28 pence a kilowatt, for example. So cut their bill clean in half mm. and they're still debating what to do. And yeah. that to me just makes no sense. You're just if giving I, money away. Yeah. If I come to you as a company and I said, I can cut your bill clean in half and save you half of your budget. Mm. Most people would say yes. And this is the bit that we don't sometimes understand with with companies mm. of where that thought process is. And also some companies, bigger companies, have a lot of people that get involved mm. with that decision making. So there's a there's quite a an arduous process behind that of getting getting it signed off. Mm. And again, not to be salesy as at all, but the market changes daily. So when we get prices over to customers, we're saying this this is valid until four o'clock today. Mm. Um, that's not to come across salesy. That's the reality yeah, because tomorrow course. it changes again mm. and then we have to get it repriced. And yeah, it's sort of a bit of a throw of the dice for a lot of companies. Yeah. Um, we also think that a lot of companies at the moment uh, think that the government are going to come and bail them out again. Mm. I think we've got into that mindset maybe from COVID. I don't yeah. know if you agree with that. A lot of companies think, well, the government will step in at some point. We, this won't happen. We can't rely on that. It's not a, not a given. That, and that money's got to go back at some point. We've got to pay it back. So Yeah, I, I, I think I'm really pleased you said that, actually, Jamie. I, I think you've really hit the nail on the head. So with speaking to different businesses, I think that within our lifetime the government have bailed out more than any country in the world yeah. more than any time and actually we're in more debt than we've ever been before so i think to anyone listening at home um whether it be energy or whether it be anything else in business my advice is don't bury your head in the sand and speak if it's energy go and speak to fidelity it's really really important I think somebody that isn't necessarily a friend of the commercial energy sector, but I am going to mention, I know who you're going to mention. is Mr. Martin Lewis. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I think a phrase that I think we can all agree from Martin Lewis is he always says do something. Mm. And he absolutely is not an expert at all within commercial energy. And I think he would say that on his various channels. But I think something that is a line that he uses, which I think is really key, is you must do something. Yeah. And actually, you must have that conversation. Definitely. So just going back just one step a little bit, I just yep. want to put more numbers on it, if that's okay. Yep. Um, so 
if somebody's paying 70p and yep. they could pay 28p yep. per kilowatt, how many kilowatts could a business use? So again, let's not just do a mass exercise, but in terms of, you know, if you were to look at a huge building, or I know you guys do some great work in football stadiums, and if, if we're talking about that, like how much could an energy bill be a month? And let's not do the mass too much, but how much do big businesses spend on energy? It really depends. Um the only one I can think of off the top of my head is I was looking after a company a few months ago who were a cold storage unit okay. down in Wales. Um, so if you imagine like it's a, yeah. a giant freezer, basically, yeah. and they send food out to various companies and various supermarkets. So they're obviously quite a large consumer of energy. Just to put this into context, their bill was going from hundred and if I remember correctly, about one hundred ninety-seven thousand, and it went up to nearly five hundred thousand. Wow! So uh, per annum. So again, split that into twelve, and then and then you've got the answer. Yeah. But you know, it's massive numbers for these yeah. big companies. And and the the interesting thing with those bigger companies mm. is if the market moves by just one or two p, mm. which doesn't sound a lot to the small companies, but to the big companies. You're already speaking another few thousand pounds. So they need to be more reactive and Mm. speak to a broker that they trust and that they've got Mm. a relationship with. So my advice there would be to any of the companies listening in is, you know, speak to a broker, speak to three brokers, we always say. So we tell our customers to Mm. speak to three brokers. Mm. Um, They don't have to use us. Mm. Um, We wish they would, but we're so confident in what we do. We say speak to three brokers get three different prices from mm. from these brokers and maybe you'll get on well and better relationship with you know one than the other and you know you can build upon that so it's about for us as a company it's about building partnerships we don't look mm. at the people necessarily as customers we want to build partnerships we want to help these companies we want to maintain regular contact with them and advise them accordingly mm. which i think is really important Absolutely. going forward uh, and certainly fidelity have got such a great reputation i you know i know, I know a number of people that you've worked mm. with and had conversations with that and i think it shows your values by saying speak to three brokers i'm going to build on that a little bit more and let's give advice to so if somebody's picking up the phone to an energy broker so let's take fidelity out of this for yep. one moment what should be the questions they're asking and what should the broker be doing? What is good service? What should they look out for? So what they want to look out for, one of the main things is you want to know what type of meter you've got, I mm. would say, in terms of electric. So there's two types of meters. You've got half hourly meter and non-half hourly mm. meter. So you understand what that is and what that consists of. So if you've got a non-half hourly meter, you can get prices quite quickly. If it's a half hourly meter, you usually have to go up for what we call bespoke pricing. So you have to uh, what we do is we send it out to 27 suppliers, get them all to basically quote it. We tell them a date to come back to us. They'll come back on the same day. Mm. We collate all that all that data and then present that back to the customer. So that's right. really important. I would say what they want to look out for regarding that is, so in that process with us, we ask somebody with a half hourly meter, well, with both meters, but more so with a half hourly meters to sign what we call a letter of authority, okay. which allows us to basically speak on behalf of you as a company. Mm. Ours is a low level level of authority is a level one so what that means and it's very very clear on our terms and conditions and it's only one page so it's not mm. loads of jargon in there it's very easy very simple and it just says essentially i authorize fidelity energy to speak on behalf of thompson and terry to basically go and speak to these companies on my on my behalf you've got a level two level authority which is then what some companies use which basically reading the small print allows them to sign on your behalf yeah and that's where things get a bit shady. So mm. always read the terms and conditions, ask them 
what that consists of. There are also some companies out there that that take verbal agreements. Mm. So again, be very wary about what you're saying because mm. if you if they if you say yes over the phone, they'll record that and they'll yeah. they'll take that as gospel and just sign you up. So that's why we say speak to free brokers, make sure they're trusted. You know, speak to your friends, uh, mm. you know, your business associates, and say who who do you use? What do you mm. do? I think that's really important. There's nothing Absolutely. better than a recommendation, is there? So, yeah, of course. So, yeah, I think just be really wary about what you're using, uh, who you're using, and, yeah, make sure you're comfortable with them and you're getting the, getting the correct information. And don't be scared to pick up the phone and ask these questions. I don't know what this means. Well, that's fine. Ask us. Yeah. You're not going to sound stupid. Just, you know, exactly. ask the questions. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I think that shows the, the values of, of, of you and fidelity. The other thing that I think you touched on earlier that I think is, is quite useful is is around um, this this cost saving piece. So, mm. so we spoke about the amount of energy that's being used by X appliance. Mm. Should businesses be talking to their people now about actually treating the office like home in terms of when you're at home? And again, maybe this is just my house. I, mm -hmm. I don't put the lights on upstairs when I'm downstairs. And again, but often in businesses, you do do that because it's not, it's not your energy. Like, should there be that ethical conversation in terms of cost saving, but also in terms of using less electricity? Oh, what would be your advice? around that definitely i think there's it's amazing how many people yeah walk out of rooms don't don't turn off lights and there's definitely money to be saved there so think of over the course of per annum mm. i think the bit the big thing going forward as well was having a smart meter mm. with our customers again with the half hourly meters we pull off half hourly data we send mm. them every month great we send them a free report every single month that's automated Brilliant. and they can literally break down half hourly on their meter what they're using so if mm. it spikes up over the weekend you know that someone's left the office lights on for example yeah. and you can quickly identify that so i think people need to be more on top of what they're using how they're mm. using it and is there any money to be saved have, have you got an old printer in the corner that's like a dinosaur you know yeah. uh, could you replace it for a more energy efficient uh, yeah. appliance so there's all these different factors people could possibly look at to, you know, save money into the future, I think. Absolutely. No, really, really good advice. We are coming to the end of the podcast, but and I think th throughout the last half an hour, you've you've really given some practical advice. And so thank mm. you for that. I just want to end with any final tips. So if you were a business owner or if you were talking to a business owner listening now, I guess what would be your top advice, whether it be things that we've covered already or whether it be things that, that we haven't covered, what, what would be your advice? So there? my advice to companies at the moment is really understand where you are in the market, understand your position and don't leave it to the last minute. Mm. So we've got companies we work with at the moment that forward procure energy is always the best way to do it. We've got companies uh, that come to us for advice who are approached by other brokers. Mm. You know, we had one the other day and they were getting advice to sign in for five years. We're like, why would you sign in for five years? That's, that's just ludicrous. So it's about giving the correct advice to people going forward. So, yeah, I think understand the way you are. It doesn't matter if your bill's out in another year, two years. Speak to a broker. Give them your bills, let them look at it for you and let them monitor the market and advise you accordingly. There could be 12 months time where the market drops massively. They've mm. got your bills. They ring you and say, there's a massive dip in the market. We suggest you buy now. Mm. Um, if you hadn't given that to them, you wouldn't have known. Absolutely. 
No, really, really great way to end the podcast. But before we do, like me, I imagine there's a lot of people listening who's thinking, do you know what? I want to have a chat with Jamie. So <laughs> so if somebody is listening and they want to talk to you or talk to Fidelity, how do they go about that? How can they get in touch with you? Yeah, so just go on our website. Um, is one way you can do it. So it's uh, fidelity-energy.co.uk. You can send me an email if you like, which is jamie.knight at fidelity-energy.co.uk or you can ring me directly don't worry there's no 0800 numbers or anything like that so it's a local number 01635 918830 more than happy to have a conversation with anyone and again even if you've just got a question by all means just pick up the phone we're more than happy to, to help you and advise you accordingly amazing thank you so much we have come to the end of the podcast. You've been listening to the Opta Business podcast of the Opta Business Community Network. Thank you so much, as always, to Story94 for hosting us and producing this podcast at their wonderful podcast studio here in Oxford. I believe still the only in Oxfordshire, so definitely come and have a look. Um, it's, it's a great space. Thank you so much for listening.